Welcome to your daily dose of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. We are not going back, not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't Across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we're converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted to be your common sense conservative woman out there on the airwaves, speaking from the heart of a mom. It's not complicated. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. Christmas was great. Absolutely wonderful. For all of the right reasons. No expectations, just wonderful time with family. Can you ask for anything better. Great show for you today. Look, a lot of the world is still asleep out there. A lot of people on holiday. You got your fill-ins. You got your best of shows. We are live in living color with a full three hours of information. You're likely not going to get anywhere else. So if you're new to the program, Wendy Bell Radio Network is the app. You can follow along the live stream. We video the entire thing, commercial breaks and all. You can also get us on our podcast, Wendy Bell Radio. Hope you download that onto your device. Like, follow, share. It is great to be with you. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. I think even on a holiday, Brock and I peripherally were scanning the headlines out there, keeping tabs on what was and was not going on. Very slow news weekend, which is what we expect during the holiday, except, of course, the news that pro-Palestinian wackos decided to disrupt Christmas, tried to cancel Christmas in New York City. They defaced a bunch of stuff. They interrupted traffic. They snarled people on their way to O'Hare to catch flights here and there on Christmas Day. They corrupted a nativity scene. Make no mistake, the war is not just in various parts of the world, ladies and gentlemen. There's a real war going on in this country. And I'm not even so sure you and I are part of it. I think it is a self-destruction. I think we are watching in real time the living, in-your-face, honest portrayal of people who just are miserable. They are miserable. They are self-loathing. They've been conned into believing that they are some kind of oppressor or victim or something other than just a decent, honest, law-abiding human being. It's not complicated, right? So I see the headline here, Breitbart.com, Christmas is canceled. Pro-Palestinian protesters riot in New York and block O'Hare in Chicago. 
Now, we're going to get to some of the specifics about what they did, but what they want to do is far more interesting, I think. And they want to destroy anything that you love, anything that makes you smile, anything that brings joy, simple joy to your children or grandchildren. It is a threat. Because the embodiment of this movement of angry, active nonsense is really a core of self-hatred. And it's so sad. It really is so sad to watch. But then it gets me angry. Because these people are the ones acting as insurrectionists. And I'm constantly reminded of the hundreds of January 6th protesters and I don't even have a firm number who are incarcerated. And, and some have been for going on three years. And this nonsense is not just allowed to happen in our cities. It's excused. Well, what you have is a bunch of children who've always been told that they were special. Doors were opened along the way so they could fail, continually fail upwards. And this is the culmination this is all the theatrical planning, all of it coming together in order to snarl everything that is orderly and humane and just. And it's so damn transparent and so predictable. Which is why what happened to me on Friday gives me such resolve to sit here today as unscathed. They can try everything they want, ladies and gentlemen. They cannot take joy from your heart any more than they can carve Christmas out of the season. So I get home from work, and there is a box sitting on the front step. I get out of the car, get the box, bring it inside. Thank goodness my kids were not around at the time, because unbeknownst to me, inside this box was a gift that a gentleman who listens to this program on the live stream sent me. And it was a few days ago, not that long ago, Brock and I were talking during a commercial break, but on the live video stream, about how my son Christopher wanted more than anything a Mel Blunt jersey. Steelers number 47, Hall of Famer, inducted in 1989. Now, why Chris chose Mel Blunt, I don't know. But the more he had this in his head, the more I needed to get a, a really nice jersey. Well, we found one. It was an official knockoff. <laughs> right? It's an official jersey. It's just not the official jersey. And then that box came. I had said in the crosstalk with Brock in the commercial break that I was hoping that I could track down Mel Blunt, who still lives here in, in southwestern Pennsylvania, so that he could sign it. But I knew for a fact I was not going to be able to make it happen in time. And I was sort of lamenting that, but saying, you know what? It is what it is. I opened the box. And inside was a note. And this is what it says. Hello, Wendy. This jersey has been part of my personal collection for quite some time. I grew up in Murraysville. This is a community not far from where I live with my family in southwestern PA. Pittsburgh. I've been a huge Steelers fan since the 60s. I'm glad this jersey is finding its way back to Pittsburgh. I hope you enjoy it. 
as much as I have. Best regards, Dean. I do not know Dean. Never talked to Dean. Never met Dean. But Dean listens to this program and he heard us. And it just so happened that in his personal collection of Steelers gear, he had a size large, Mel Blunt signed Hall of Fame signature jersey. And he sent it to me. So that I could wrap it and give it to my son, who will no, no doubt love it for the rest of his life. Now, come on. It is ridiculous, the kindness that exists. It is everywhere. And the news we might get, the stories that make the headlines are not the good ones. It's always the dirty stuff. People doing things they shouldn't. People deceiving and conning, swindling and cheating. People hurting other people. Well, Friday for me, which bled into Christmas Monday, was made that much more exciting and joyful for me. As excited as I was to pass that gift onto my son. Dean from Murraysville, Pennsylvania, who now lives in Florida, was feeling the exact same way. That is the magic of the personal connection. That is the joy of giving. That is the blessing of knowing that somebody is listening, is paying attention to you and cares. That is everything that the left hates. They need you angry and doubting. They need you broke and addicted, fearful. They need you on your knees with your hands out, grateful for whatever scraps they decide to give you. All the while breaking down the very basics that we love so much. Whether it's a crash, a nativity scene, or carolers, or Christmas trees and lighting events, celebrations for the season, these people who've decided to crash our joy don't understand that joy is not a limited commodity. It is never ending. It is ever flowing. It is always present. And no matter how obnoxious they get, they can't take it away. So to Dean from Florida, by way of Pennsylvania, from this mom to you, thank you and Merry Christmas. Quick time out, Pete Buttigieg. Oh, I love starting off a show with Pete Buttigieg. Well, he's so smart, especially when it comes to electric vehicles. And he said something over the weekend. You might say, what? I got it for you. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, well, I don't want to get too into this because I think you only... The monster needs to be fed. 
The monster needs us to be angry and outraged. The monster needs to disrupt and to dismay and to discourage and to drown you in debt and to overload you with all sorts of extra garbage steps, right? To inconvenience everything that you do. And so I don't want to feed that. But it's so predictably idiotic. And and what a shame. Pro-Palestinian protests are spending the weekend rioting and disrupting holiday travel and targeting Christmas in general in an attempt to force Americans to listen to their concerns by causing them inconveniences, disturbing their holiday plans and irritating them. Like, I, I don't I think that this is the crybaby, whiny participation trophy. Yay, you're so special group. Of, of high school and college ne'er-do-wells who, instead of actually doing something meaningful, do so much damage and, and never seem to be introspective of, of what it is that they're so dang outraged about. You live in the greatest place on planet Earth. You are allowed to be whatever you dare dream of being you are free what are you complaining about i think you have a lot of very scared insecure ready for nothing young people whose doors have been opened for them by helicopter parents and enablers in education who have tried to indoctrinate rather than educate. And what we have is a bunch of people who need counseling. But when you start spray painting things and you start defacing nativity scenes and you block people from living their lives, you tick them off. This is not a way to garner support or to get some kind of empathy or for people to join your cause. Because if your cause sucks, no matter how noble you want to believe it is, it's not going to be successful. And that was going on in New York and Chicago, I'm sure other places. All of the things that the left tries to do are terrible. Everything is terrible. All of the moves, all of the plans. I I saw this over the weekend, Pete Buttigieg, okay? The guy who knows as much about transportation as he does about chest feeding, all right? He comes out and he says on Fox over the weekend that Americans are not going to be driving gas-powered cars by 2050. That's a pretty bold statement for a little man, a little man desperate to seem like a big man, to seem like a big shot. Hey, Pete, you were AWOL, dude. When we had transportation and supply chain issues, you were gone. Where were you? You checked out. You never checked in. And now you're going to try to tell us that by the end of this decade, the goal for the Biden administration to the left, the crazy uniparty swamp creature machine, is globalists, I should say, is that America become 50% electric vehicles. 
by the end of this decade. And then he ended his ridiculous commentary by saying something patently false. And I wonder where the fact checkers are with this. He says, you're not going to meet a lot of people who ever go back after they've got electric. And I think that really tells you something. That's a pretty broad brush. He continues, that shows you that the lower maintenance, the fact that it costs less to maintain, the fact that they break down with less frequency, and the cost savings that you get from not having to buy gas or diesel, I think that's why you almost never meet somebody who has an EV who says, I want to go back to that old technology. I wonder, this is your secretary of transportation. Apparently, he missed the headlines that even CBS News awakened briefly from their slumber of activism to cover. And here's the headline. This was just a few weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. Electric vehicles have almost 80% more problems than gas-powered ones, Consumer Report says. Hey, Pete, are you not, are you not paying attention, bro? Because we are. And that is the story of today, this ridiculous storyline. Everybody's doing it. Therefore, it's time for you to follow in line. Get in the cattle chute. Do what everybody else is doing. Follow the leader. That's antithetical to how you've lived your life up until this last several few years. They want to transform everything into what Barack Obama said on day number one of his ill-fated presidency, term number one. This is now three. He's hoping for four, right? That he saw fundamental, transcendent change coming to America. That change is its ruination, its destruction wrapped in a bow of progress, of feelings, of garbage nonsense. And the only way it continues, right, is if these wackos who decided to try to disrupt and cancel Christmas yesterday, who want to invade your family and your schools, who demand crazy right? As if they win. That is not where this story goes. I simply refute that. It will not happen. And as proof of that, I've got to open the door up to a conversation coming up next. Saving the planet, right? Saving the planet. That whole idiotic idea that you making Huge changes to your life is going to do that. It is a tender article I I found about a man pushing back against this idea, but in a very heartfelt way. It is meaningful, and you need to hear it. It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, there's a lot of talk about this climate stuff. And I think that if you were to ask most Americans, I think if you were to ask most human beings, if you could do whatever you could do within your power to take care of the earth, would you? Who says no to that? No, I like to litter. I like to throw cigarette butts all over the place, right? No, I like to pollute. It makes me happy. People take care of the earth. We do our part. You recycle. I have questions about how much recycling even does. 
I think it's all kind of smoke and mirrors to make you feel good, right? But I think most people, if given the opportunity to do something reasonable and meaningful for the longevity of our natural resources and the beauty that we all love in this amazing place, we would. I don't know that many people are like, ah, to hell with them. Crank up the coal, honey, let's go. It's idiotic. So we can see through this hysteria on the left, forcing you to pants on fire the way they did with COVID, roll up your sleeves, give up your freedoms, do as we say, it's for the greater good. And if you don't, we're going to browbeat you. That was the process. We're going to suggest it. We're going to encourage it. We're going to drop some bribes on you. Then things are going to start to get real. Then we're going to threaten you. Then we're going to tell you you're going to die. Is that like a normal progression in, in your world? If, can you imagine negotiating with your kids in that way? Look, I, I really need you to clean your room. Do it or, or else. I mean, come on. It's idiotic. And I think the conversation about climate stuff now is certainly, it's been going on for 40 years, for God's sakes. They just pushed the pedal to the ground. I found this article at The Federalist. And it's a really great story. It's an article written by a man who's recently lost his father. In fact, this is the first holiday without his dad. And he starts the article with this. His father went through cardiac issues that my husband, who is an interventional cardiologist, would help. Stenting, catheterizations, things of that nature is the wheelhouse. That is what my husband does for a living. So obviously this struck a nerve with me and it touched my heart. When you think about all of the things that we don't even consider that come from fossil fuels, the same fossil fuels, which are in limitless supply underneath our feet. There's not some quantity. And if we tap this much of said quantity, it doesn't regenerate. That's not how it works. Anybody with basic biology, geology, knowledge would know that. But that's contrary to the hysteria, right? We can't do this. It's bad. We're cooking the earth. It's totally idiotic. So this is the article. We can't let fossil fuels die because they keep us alive. Now, this is an interesting take on it. But it's so true, and in the season of the holiday, it rings especially so. It's not just cars and leaf blowers, stoves, or even air conditioning. What is at stake is much deeper. Human Dignity. Man writing this is named Daniel Turner. He's the founder of a nonprofit organization that is very pro gas, pro fossil fuels. And this is what he writes This is my first Christmas without my dad. As hard as it is for me and my siblings, it's harder still for our mother, who is having her first. Christmas since 1963 without him. Dad's days in the hospital and subsequent death ushered in a wave of emotions and memories and ponderings about heaven, sin, salvation, and for me, fossil fuels. Now, the last item in that list may sound strange, but let me explain, he writes. As an advocate for the energy industry, work follows me everywhere, and I love it because I love what I do. But fossil fuels are not just my life. They are life-giving and life-sustaining. After his heart attack, Dad had a cardiac catheterization to assess the damage to his coronary artery. 
a hollow plastic tube was inserted through the groin. Then guided by the doctor, it traveled through the blood vessels, sending back data and information. In this procedure, the plastics are made of oil. The needle is forged to the finest of points by heat produced from coal. The medicines used to prevent infection are petrochemicals likely made from natural gas. Right there, fossil fuels. A stent was also implanted to keep the blood flowing in the collapsed artery. Thinner than human hair, hollow, non-toxic, non-corrosive, flexible, and 100% made from oil. Medicines, IV bags, disposable gloves, hand sanitizer, the port in his arm, the numerous beeping machines in every corner of dad's hospital room were products of abundant natural resources, which professionals deployed daily to save lives and heal patients. And we take it for granted. Those advocating for a green transition never tell us what the plan is to make needles and bedpans once we, quote, phase out of fossil fuels. What is the replacement plan for plastic, rubber, cement, steel, and the millions of products they create? Wind and solar make electricity, albeit inefficient, unreliable, intermittent, and expensive. But fossil fuels do so much more. And the Biden administration and environmental leftists pretend to ignore it. For example, the Biden administration passed the so-called Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which threw over a trillion dollars at, among other things, rebuilding crumbling roads and bridges. At the same time, a government agency, the Environmental Protection Agency, is restricting the very oil, gas and coal needed to accomplish this. Clearly, Transportation Secretary Buttigieg and EPA Administrator Regan need to sit down and talk. Every call to eliminate fossil fuels is a call to slowly, incrementally raise the price of all of these products, making them cost prohibitive for the masses. Yes. Cement and steel are vital to our economy and our quality of life, but so are the millions of affordable daily life products like laundry detergent and aspirin. I always carry a handkerchief because my dad did. Most people prefer disposable tissues. When fossil fuels are gone, tissues are gone. Disposable diapers are gone. Yoga mats and plastic water bottles, gone. Do climate change activists, suburban moms know that? Do you think Starbucks can survive without fossil fuels? What about that salad from Whole Foods in a plastic container or even the plastic packaging from meat and produce? Cologne, deodorant, perfume, bathroom cleansers, Swiffer pads, paper towels. Sure, that mom may think disposable products are bad for the earth, but a lack of hygiene is far worse for her and her family. And he writes this to end. Perhaps I thought these things sitting in dad's hospital room to distract myself from the heartache. Perhaps I think these things because it is my job. Either way, I know the world is not ready for fossil fuels to lose this battle. It's not just cars and leaf blowers, stoves, or even air conditioning. What's at stake is much deeper, human dignity. A dignity that elevates us above the harshness of nature and cruelty of illness, or allows us to cleanse ourselves from the sweat of labor. We do not talk about the then what after fossil fuels are eliminated, but I assure you, life as we know it would certainly be or would be absolutely categorically impossible 
without them. Petrochemicals and a team of amazing doctors at North Shore Hospital did everything to save my dad, but God called him home. Fossil fuels kept him alive long enough for me to say goodbye. I will work every day to keep them around for the sake of our lives. What a beautiful, purposeful, educational, instructive reality check. And so often as it is, until you are in the throes of something that makes you stop and push back and look around you through different eyes, all this crazy nonsense just seems like the new normal, but it's not. These people need to preach to you. They need to tell you that we have to depopulate the planet by 85%. How arrogant. How elitist. How disgusting. What we're seeing in very interesting doses and in very intriguing areas, such as this particular article, written basically by a grieving son, is the truth. All of this is predicated on some kind of an emergency. If you don't act now, if you don't get the shot now, if you don't shut down now, then blank will happen. And if blank happens, how are you going to feel knowing it's your fault? It's a very dangerous psychological game. But it's being played by people who are unstable. These people who are narcissistic, but beyond that, they are woefully, woefully insecure. Being angry is their job. It's their battle cry. It's their mission. It's their purpose in waking up. Only when that is your mantra do you see something come across Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or even TikTok on Christmas Day, calling you to action, to show up to disrupt a holiday celebration or to disrupt and destroy a nativity scene or to sprawl hateful messages, scrawl them all over a monument or the, the fencing outside the White House. When you live with anger as your blood, you'll stop at nothing to bring other people into your lair. But it is your joy, which is as limitless and regenerating as the very fossil fuels under our feet. They can't stop. That is reason to be triumphant. All right, quick timeout when we come back. So the left's holiday wish, the left's holiday wish, I should say, is that you be as miserable as they are. And I have a great example of that. You guys remember the name Taylor Lorenz? She's the perennial victim, the Washington Post witch who makes everything miserable. I This will make you giggle. 
It's good, actually. <laughs> I'll get it for you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I feel bad for this for this woman, but she makes me... Eh. I'm becoming apathetic. That's a tough thing to be when you have apathy for something. I find these folks very irrelevant. Taylor Lorenz, she's the woman who used to work for the Washington Post. I don't know if she still does. I don't care. But she's the woman who came out and revealed the identity of the woman who started the TikTok channel, Libs of TikTok. And she, she went to her house and knocked on doors. She even doxed her parents, the gal who's in charge of Libs of TikTok. This woman is an unfortunate, triggered, single woman who probably lives with a lot of cats. If you like cats, that's fine. You know what I'm saying. So here's the, th- the headline was, was fantastic to me because this really just, I think, in one bullet point encapsulates the sock of people on the left. Here it is. Taylor Lorenz skips fourth Christmas in a row, says maskless revelers commit, quote, social murder of disabled people. <laughs> I-, I don't know how much victimhood and virtue signaling and preaching and holier than thou active garbage you can squeeze into one person. But she's overloaded, this gal. All right. So I want you to hear the, the ridiculosity, if you will, of, the, of these people who are inclined to push the hurry, hurry, hurry. The world is coming to an end. You must act now mentality because this is it. Far-left Washington Post activist Taylor Lorenz is giving Christmas a miss for the fourth year in a row, citing coronavirus concerns over selfish people who still refuse to mask or still refuse to wear masks for dumping the celebration. She's staying home in her own virtual prison because she thinks that people don't take her immunocompromised status seriously and they don't mask around her and she's going to get sick and she could die that's called mental illness that's not rational that's not reasonable anybody who pays attention to what's going on knows masks are useless unless you're going to wear a a an n95 mask and my husband the doctor has told me how they quote unquote properly fit an n95 mask to your face in the hospital It is a process. It's not just go on Amazon, have it sent to you from China. Think about that for a hot second and put it on and walk around and and think that you're protecting yourself and others. There's a whole system that people don't do. And we know the cloth masks are stupid, just like Taylor Lorenz. This is virtue signaling incarnate to go to go online And to say that you're not going to celebrate Christmas for the fourth year in a row because other people are, (laughs) they're so awful, takes a very, very special kind of crazy. How do we know she just wasn't invited by anyone? (laughs) I mean, that's where I would go with it. Maybe she just wasn't invited because they didn't want her around. Stop the fantasy talk, Brock. (laughs) We will not have a realistic point of view today on this program. (laughs) Of course, regardless, 
these are these are people who have to insert themselves in stories that don't involve them, but who need you to believe that somehow they are. I can't do this. <laughs> what a pathetic witch. <laughs> Lorenz made the announcement while announcement again. Just shut up. Nobody cares, right? These are the people who change their social media profile pictures to their vaccine card. Or, I got vaccinated. How about you? I mean, if that truly is what, at first blush, you want people scrolling by you to see that you got a vaccine, we've got much bigger issues to worry about here. Now, the funny thing about, I don't even have to get into the nuance of the suck in this article. It's just prescriptive. You know the story. You know the script. In order to be one of these angry leftists, you have to be a victim of something. Whether it's racism, discrimination of some kind. Now we're waging into germ warfare. And everybody has to tiptoe around the select few who apparently don't have a safe space anymore, right? Who support llamas have gone back to the farm. This is unfortunately the sadness that juxtaposes your joy that you feel, that I hope you do, around the people who love you, around this holiday season, where we're all supposed to just take a step back and look at our lives from across the street and realize that no matter how many things you think are going wrong, no matter how wild and crazy the world seems to be, it's really okay. And when you have that peace, when you don't pick up the guilt ball and decide to drag it with you along your journey, not only is that a personal victory, for the, those of us who live in Realville, it is a loss for the left. I think this is why they hate Donald Trump so much. He's very consistent. He doesn't have tremendous swings. He is always optimistic. He loves his family. He's exceedingly successful. He's given God knows how much of his money away, excruciatingly philanthropic, They cannot stand anybody who's happy, who's healthy, and who's pushing forward. Which is why they come for you. It's so easy when you see it that way, I think. All right, hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. The party of safety and security sure wants RFK Jr. taken out, unprotected. I gotta tell you this story. It's it's bananas why the Biden administration isn't giving him special secret service detail. The story behind it, what? Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.